This is the Fantasy Book Discussion Group, and I'm Ann Parsons, and I'm pinch-hitting for Julia Kulik, who is in Portland, Oregon at the moment. And um, we are discussing uh, Dead Witch Walking. And I forget the author, but um, it's on Bard and also on Bookshare. So um, with that, uh, and since I'm running the place, I'm going to say, um, what did you guys think of it I, in general terms? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And why? Well, since I recommended it, I want to start out... Um, I think I originally got one of the later books in the series and then went back and read this one. And I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed with this one. It just didn't have the zing that the later ones had. Um, And, you know, I did start caring about the characters and how they get involved and the funny things that that happen, but I totally suspended my sense of belief as far as the witches and the warlocks and the vampires and the oh other things. Um, so, and now I'm hooked on the series and I can't get get off it. So, anyway. I didn't really like it. I, if I'd read it, I don't know that I'd re- have read the rest of the series. I, uh, what, there were 12 books? I think it said that this next book was coming out in 14, but it seems so I read not too long on recently added books. This is book number 12, the last of the Rachel Morgan and thingy. 12 books? Well, I started reading this book, and I have to tell you, that I think this particular author, whose name I can't remember, and I hope somebody does because we need to put it in for the for the recording. But I hope that um, you know this this author really either is not accustomed to writing fantasy, or. Um, can't write fantasy one one of the two because as i said in my in my initial post on the fantasy group i didn't believe it i didn't believe it at all i the the the, the world that was created had major uh flaws first of all the flaw of um, you know there was there was no real explanation as to what the disaster was that caused the uh, the division between the the humans and the then the the whatever she called the other people you know the witches and the warlocks and the fairies and the so forth um there was no real explanation that was believable. There was no asteroid. There was no alien invasion. There was no plague. There was, well, maybe there was a plague, but um, 
it it uh, it just didn't it didn't resonate with me. And then you know this this so-called policewoman. Um, she gets she she spends her life going after people who are uh, smoking brimstone or something, which is just totally, you know. <sighs> why the heck you'd want to smoke sulfur is beyond me. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but it it just didn't it just didn't resonate. I'm sorry. It, it the and um. One of the things I'd like to talk about a little bit later in the in the group is the way in which fantasy writers construct their universes so that they are believable and what what makes a believable universe. I just found it extremely unbelievable that I, I just I got about three hours into the book and I just couldn't take it anymore. I just you know I just had to. You know, and here she was with this other girl who's supposedly a vampire and they're roommates in this old church. And, um, you know, it's so whoop-de-doo, so what? You know, and the other thing I couldn't get, I, I it, which was unbelievable, totally unbelievable, was that the, the police department, the Secret Service or whatever the heck she was joined up with, was going to kill her because she quit. Now, I couldn't figure that out. They were going to kill her because she knew too much about the brimstone business? No, no, no. No, it, did, it didn't resonate. I'm sorry. Um, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And have you any opinions on this? You are cursed by having been a member of a writer's group for too long, Anne. <laughs> Because we always say, you know, my line, I always come out, they wouldn't have gotten by that with our group. And, and you remember we challenged you on a few things on your book, and I've been challenged on some things on my book. Where, wait a minute, that's got to be consistent. It's got, I'm willing to suspend my misbelief, my disbelief, but not when I'm swamped by things. And you're right, she did mention something called The Turning. And who is it, Rob Chilson that did the Border Town series? where our world and the fairy world suddenly came together and it was pretty calamitous and they have a they have an area that's all fairy and an area that's all human and there there are the conflicts between the two are are brought out but my response to this book was it's it's like one of my worst nanorimo novels i just got started and i threw in everything but the kitchen sink and you don't know what rules. I mean, vampires don't act like vampires in this book, and nobody acts like uh, you can break rules and make your own rules for your fantasy characters, but the reader has to know kind of up front or discover. And, and discovering the rule when everybody else knows what they are is very difficult to do unless you bring in a, a neophyte. Um, so, but the, the the reader has a right to know what the rules are and what they aren't, and um, 
I, I got the impression that she has a real hang-up about any kind of re established uh, religion, any kind of established sexual mores. She wants to, she wants to put a break, uh, press the envelope, um, not press the envelope. What, what's the word about the envelope? Um, she wants to break that. And I have said that against, and I always forget the author I always say, say it about, who um, admits he doesn't believe in anything psychic or supernatural, and you can tell it in his writings. And I think she's just taking it as a device. By the way, Bookshare has a thing called Micronations. Uh, that tell, I haven't read it yet. I have downloaded it. It tells you how to make up a, a, a country. And, of course, that would apply to a world. And I haven't read it yet, but I think she probably needed to read that. Um, well, I hope you can hear me. Um, that's why I explained it the way I did. Basically, what had happened, vampires, werewolves, witches have always existed. But they hid because of the larger number of people until... Oh, about 40 years before this happened, at which time, due to genetic engineering, a plague had been released that reduced the human population until it was about even with the population of what they call the interworlders. And so the interworlders came out, and, you know, they're starting to have, well, they're not... It's almost like racial discrimination or the kinds of things they'd have there. The problem is she doesn't make that clear until late in the book. Um, and I think this is one of the books that maybe she could use because brimstone isn't sulfur. It's some kind of a drug that's grown. I'm not sure whether it's synthetic or whatever. Um, so... This is one where reading the first one might be the bad, might be a mistake. And frankly, I didn't think it was as long as it was, or I wouldn't have recommended it. And by the way, the author's name is Kim Harrison. I don't see the length. I mean, we've read a lot longer books before, but for somebody who did not expect to come, and then who got no sleep at all Friday night uh, to try to catch up, it was just a little, that was my my bad, not anybody else's bad, but anyway, that's not the problem with the book. Um, she she definitely needed to, and, and I get the racial thing, and a lot of the, I think the thing I don't like about urban fantasy is it always is in such a grimy world. I mean, yes, you want your characters to get dirty and, and, and have bad experiences, but does it all have to be, you know, except Trent, which we know he's going to turn out to be the big romantic interest before it's all said and done. But um, the, the, everything is so grimy and, and torn down. And, you know, civilization, because we're living, of course, on the edge of civilization collapsing. And, and it's, it's very grim to read about a world where, where everything's kind of grim and dingy. Well, that's becoming my objection with a lot of books anymore. They're so grim and explicit, and if I want that, I can go to YouTube or the Afghan or ISIS websites and watch them behead people. Um, but I'm kind of disappointed. Like I said, I'm, I'm really sorry I recommended the book. 
Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, the, the <laughs> Lana, I I think you're you're probably right that since I I write, I also uh, criticize people who write and say, "Well, why did you do that?" And I, I I continually come back to this whole lecture series that I have on some ancient cassette tapes. I hope I don't know if they still are are even listenable, but it was a guy who was talking about C.S. Lewis's stuff, and um, of course I have to be a C.S. Lewis fan. But he was talking about his worlds, and particularly Narnia. And he was saying how important it is that when you write fantasy, it be grounded in reality. And yes, Marshall, I understood that that brimstone was a drug. But you see, the problem is that brimstone isn't a drug. And um, the the switching of the name, you know, just just got to me because you know you you can't do that kind of thing. And to get back to the C.S. Lewis books, um, the guy who was lecturing used the illustration of, you know, here we have dwarves, you know, who are three feet high and and so forth, and it. You know, Lewis describes them and, and this and that. And his world is is sort of um, medieval, if you will. But at the same time, here are these dwarves, and they invite this this human young man into their house for breakfast. And they have breakfast food. British breakfast food, which includes sausages and eggs and bacon and toast and jam and and tea by the gallonful and um, you know all of this, which is grounded in reality. We've all had tea. We've all had sausages and eggs and um, you know stewed tomatoes or whatever you know. Uh, that are the the hallmarks of a British breakfast, and um, you know I this did nothing for me. I you know I couldn't believe it. I just it was it was incredible, and and I mean that in its oldest and more most basic sense of the word, it was unbelievable, incredible. And um, if uh, had I a chance to talk to Kim, what's her name, uh, Harrison, I would have asked her, why did you choose to do it this way? You know, why, why did you have, you know, this? Um, is she related to, uh, what's his name, Harry Harrison, the science fiction guy? Um, because that may be why she got the book published. You know, she was... Um, writing on somebody else's laurels. I don't know, but um, <laughs> it was it was an education, I have to say. Um, and on the other hand, 
I have just finished a five-book series by a Michael Scott, which is um, very good. It starts out with a book called The Alchemist, spelt with a Y. And there are five books in the series, and they're all very, very good. And the subtitle is The the Secret Life of Nicholas Flamel. Now, if you all remember Nicholas Flamel, you will remember that he was the alchemist who um, invented or or came up with the the elixir of life or whatever. And he and his wife had had been taking it for however many hundreds of years, seven hundred years or whatever. And it is the story of uh, two teenagers who find themselves mixed up in a in a magical magical thing. Uh, but it is an urban fantasy in that it starts out. You know, with two 15-year-old teenagers walking down a street in Seattle or wherever the heck it is. And, and, you know, they've got iPads and iPhones and all this stuff. And then they all of a sudden get, get swept into this magical realm. And the, the transition is done well. The, uh, the people that they meet in this romp through legend and so forth are believable. Um, I did at a couple of points in the in the quintology. Quintology? I don't know. Um, you know, sort of say to myself, "My God, he's pulling out all the stops." Um, I mean, there are all these characters from folklore who show up. Uh, <laughs> and it really is quite, uh, quite amazing, but um, it's, a, it's a very good read. There are a lot of writers who do that beautifully, where they take somebody in a very here-and-now world and either throw them into an alternate world or, guess what? This has been going on all around you, underground, and you never knew about it before. And um, then you got some people like Laurel K. Hamilton and the urban. Maybe Kim Harrison, you know, she saw how popular Laurel Hamilton and some of these other people were, and she just assumed that we would go along with her. And okay, this is urban fantasy. All these things are real. I mean, real and per, you know, credible in in the sense that you meant them credible. Um, and and didn't bother giving us a world we could get a hold of and a situation we could even if she had started with her main character as a witch not somebody introduced into that world uh, the, the, she, she, and this is what I had a problem with the last book throws everything at you all at once uh, you need the reader needs time to get used to uh, where you are and um, and, and the reader needs to know the rules. I mean, you have living vampires and dead vampires. Hello? Um, and she does mention a virus. I understand it. And, and, and that's fine. But there are so many things. And you just, I think the best character in the whole book was, was it Jinx or whatever. Bookshare pronounced it a different way every time. Um, the, the, little, the little pixie. He was the most stable character in the whole book. Another thing I didn't like about it is there really is no difference between good and evil in the world that she was making. I mean, everybody was 
trying to trick everybody. Everybody, there wasn't any real um, differentiation between. I mean, so she worked for the law, but she didn't really because they weren't a very. They didn't obey any laws themselves. What are the rules they have to abide by? We don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you if you change the physical laws. You have to change them from the ones that you're familiar with to the new ones, and you have to tell people that you're changing them. And you you need to to lay out the information. It's like anything else that you write. And I still haven't written to this crazy nut who wrote the the <laughs> the thing on the ACB list about this new. Um, affiliate that's starting up called New Generation or something. It's for young people. And, you know, she made an announcement and she just kind of made this sloppy little announcement. Well, I'm starting a new list. It's called New Generation. And if you if you want more information, write to me. Well, that's not an announcement. It's not an announcement i'm sorry it has it you have to when you write be conscious of the 5 w's and you know even in this fiction book you have to be conscious of what you're doing what the world is how it works well how is the sixth one and it, it kind of hangs on the end but where this is what is the setting who are we talking about? And let's get get it clear as to, you know, who who we're talking about, and then why is all of this happening? What is the background? What's the story here? Why is it happening? And when is it happening? And if she'd gone through and asked herself those questions, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Well. I don't think they're teaching writing the right way anymore. Um, I know that uh, at our university they withdrew writing, uh, any kind of writing as a uh, part of the basic criteria. You're all supposed to learn that in junior high, high and high, uh, junior high and high school, with nothing at the college level unless you go into English or creative writing. Maybe that helps explain it. But. I hear you, Marshall. I hear you. Uh, my student was given an assignment the other day uh, in senior English. The assignment was to write a 500-word paper. Of course, they didn't say 500 words. They said two pages. And the student was supposed to say, who I, who am I? You know, in other words, it was to be an expose of the student's personality. You know, who the student thought he or she was. And, you know, it's like, uh, I was writing this kind of stuff back in like seventh grade or sixth grade. You know, when I was uh, in school. And by the time I got to be a senior in high school, I was writing 
10-page papers and, and, you know, research papers and, and complete essays, five-paragraph essays. Um, and, yeah, I hear you. Because the teacher said, now, this has to have an introduction, a body, and a conclusion. Well... I just looked at that assignment and I thought to myself, of course, you can't say anything aloud, really. And I thought to myself, you know, if a student doesn't know that a paper has to have an introduction, a body, and a conclusion by the time they get to be a senior in high school, mm, I don't know. But I think you're right. There is definitely something wrong with the educational system. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, if they're not teaching writing anymore, how can you write fiction if you can't write nonfiction? Writing is a thought process, and you're taking people with you through your thought process. And if your thought process is not organized, people can't follow you. I think our education system, from what I've heard about, and I'm not experienced in it, so I'm not qualified, but they seem to be focused on anything to make the student feel good about himself. And we mustn't have rules. Rules are old hat. Rules are, you don't have rules. There is no right or wrong. There is only self-expression and self-esteem. And, you know, nobody learns anything. Well, the other other thing is, is thanks to um, the fact that we, quote, have to improve our educational system, unquote, uh, except I don't think anybody bothered to define what improve means. The only improves they can get are, are tests, and so people teach to the, so you pass the tests with high scores. Um You know, I mean, we had a guy when, that used to work for us that was an electrical engineer. And there is a principle in electrical engineering called hysteresis, and he couldn't spell it. Um, you know, I think we need to go back to the old values of, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Do not provide them with computer pro- computers. Do not let them research stuff on the web. You know, have them research stuff in a library so at least you know that somebody had to take the time to write a book and publish it. Uh, But I think we're doomed anyway, so maybe that's why I like the book, because I half expect that kind of an environment to be the way we're headed. That is for the same reason why I don't like the book, because I see that. Just a gradual, you know, not, I mean, we could have an economic collapse or some big major awful happen, but I think what's going to happen is we're just, we're just not, we're slouching toward Gomorrah. We are just sliding into uh, utter decay. And I don't want to go there in fiction. I hear you, Lana. Um, I do think there is hope. I mean, there are young writers who are writing well. I've, uh, name that comes to mind is Christopher Paolini, for one. Now he he writes he writes well and his world is believable and you know all that so you know there is hope 
There, there really is. Um, all right, enough of that because we could spend the whole rest of the hour on that, and I don't think we need to do that. Um, does anybody have any ideas for what we should be reading next time? Uh, as I say, I, I started reading the Alchemist series, and I really enjoyed the Alchemist. I thought it was a great book. Um, I also, as I say, read Shattered, which is the latest in the Kevin Hearn series, which is also excellent. So, Lana, any any suggestions? Not really. Uh, I've been re- reading kind of different kind of stuff, a little bit different, not a whole lot different. But uh, so I have no problem with this. Um, you mentioned here. You mentioned Michael Scott, and you mentioned somebody else too that has recently. Well, Polini, but what, whichever. Um, but uh, that, I I would have no problem with either of those suggestions. I don't have any bright ideas at this point. Can you tell me what the shattered what shattered is about? Because I may have read it already. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're getting more like me, Marshall. I tell you. You know, you pick up a book and you say, um, have I read this? Um, I think I've read this, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Shattered is the latest in the Kevin Hearn uh, Iron Druid series, and this is the one where uh, Granny Whale goes off to India and she tries to rescue her father um, from an evil evil spirit and uh, Atticus goes to someplace else and he's trying to uh, figure out what is he up to well he's got a project it has to do with the Norse gods and all that I mean he's he's busy um, trying to figure all that out uh, the uh, Stuff from the the previous book, all about the Norse gods and and so forth, and and uh, oh, um, then and the guy that he rescued from the time warp, um, his old mentor, and he's trying to help him to uh, assimilate the fact that he's um, two thousand years out of date, and um, so forth and so on. So. Um, you know, uh, oh, and uh, yeah. So does that uh, does that ring any bells? Yeah, it makes me think I missed one. Um. Anyway, I'll vote for the Alchemist. At least that's as if that's assuming that's the first book in a new series. Yes, it is. It's the Alchemist by Michael Scott. And uh, common spelling and. Alchemist is spelt with a Y. So it's not M-I-S-T, it's M-Y-S-T, the alchemist. Um, Perhaps that's the British way of spelling it, because Scott is a British author. I don't know. But in any case, it's the alchemist with a Y by Michael Scott. Um, Lana, is that all right for you? I have no problem. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, I'm the same way. I go through these books on Bookshare, the new books, 
And I will, sometimes I put them on my wish list, but that's too much trouble, especially when I'm going through on the stream. So I just download it in the case I might want to read it down the road. And then I go through this big list of books. Have I read that? Was that was that one of those? Because a lot of them have very similar names. Was that the one where, and did I read that? Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, what can I say? All right. Um then we will read The Alchemist by Michael Scott, and um, I will send Julia the information so that she can fill out the blurb. And I'm hoping that she will be available next month. Um, let's see. So October starts on a Wednesday, so uh, the Friday is the Third and the Sunday is the fifth. Right, fifth, twelfth, nineteenth. So we will be meeting on October nineteenth. Sounds good to me. And that is Halloween month, so we must be aware of that when we do fantasy, because that's you know whatever. Well, I think you'll enjoy this because we do get into um, um, you know some some. Uh, Wiccan sort of things, um, and so your your desire for the celebration of Samhain is is uh, is satisfied, I think. So with that, um, unless anybody has any other comments, I'm going to close this meeting down. Night, everybody. Good night, all, and thank you all for coming. <laughs>